0: Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Railbricker
1: and Lindsay Adams. And welcome back. Our special guest today is Carl Tufert, coming to us all the way from Houston in Texas, where he tells me the temperature yesterday was 107 degrees. That's Fahrenheit for, for those of you who do Celsius. That's hot, very hot in the 30s. So welcome, Carl. Great to have you with
2: us. Oh, it's great to be here, guys. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on your podcast.
1: Now, today we're talking about the top five tips for slaying giants in your business and personal lives. And I want to give you a bit of background on Carl before we start. So he leads Peak Sales Strategy with over 30 years of experience in sales and sales management. Uh, His expertise has earned him the title of America's Master Sales Motivator. Wow. Wow. Kurt understands that motivation and knowledge go hand in hand when it comes to achieving success. He communicates this balance with the right tools to help people stay motivated. He's a professor in advanced professional selling at the University of Houston, where he's ranked in the top 5% of professors based on student reviews. How much did you pay them to say that, Carl? No, no, don't answer that question. Uh, The Excellence in Selling program is the number one program in the U.S., used as a model by many universities and colleges uh kurt has written many articles uh and and journals and so today let's zoom in now on the top five tips for slaying giants in your business and personal lives carl tip number one what have you got for us
2: tip number one is passion for the people who are listening the idea of passion is that we've got to be passionate about what we're doing and i wrote the book five stones for slaying giants as something that I was doing as a professional speaker on the circuit. It's a publisher parish kind of career there. And I was using my book as a way of getting into small, medium, large businesses who are looking for what are these five tips I can give them that could quickly be read and digested and passion. Passion is something that I think we need as it relates to all the things that we have to do whether it's selling, whether it's creating, whether it's being in operations, and you have to make sure that things are following a certain procedure and a policy. We've got to be passionate about those things.
0: Okay, so so you know the press has been full of since before, uh, well, since the start of of, of the pandemic of COVID, um, quiet quitting, people just treading water in their jobs, the the great resignation all these other things, are those people just lacking passion or the passion disappeared from what they were doing?
2: I think they were caught so off guard by all of the unknown of the pandemic. It's going to be gone tomorrow. Up's going to be gone in a month. Up, we don't know when it's going to be gone. And so there was a lot of fear in that. And so I think a lot of people who had that passion parked it off to the side, waiting for things to get back to what we're calling normal or what I'm now calling the new normal. And so I'm seeing people getting that passion back. They're 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 beyond putting their toe in the water, if you will. They're they're starting to uh, get back to where they were going. And the people who had that passion, I'm always fascinated by how they sustained it during those times of uncertainty. And now that's we look in our rearview mirror. It's about two years past. And what can we do to get things going again?
1: So how do we fire up our passion, Carl? I mean, you know, I think I agree with you. A lot of people have lost their mojo, their passion in the last couple of years how can we rekindle that?
2: Well, you know, there's one way that I talk about getting your your passion back is it, it takes three things. One, you need a safe place to just get away. That safe place could be your office. It could be your local coffee shop. It could be a, a semi-extravagant vacation, but it's a safe place to get away, to retreat for a moment. The second thing is you need some still times, meaning that when you're there, when you're there in that safe place where you're going away, don't bring all of your electronics so that you're constantly being bombarded by social media and texts and tweets and things of that nature. And the third thing is, outside of having a safe place and uh, still times, is special friends. To get your passion back, I think we need those friends that are trying to encourage us rather than discourage us. It's so easy to find all the people who tell you you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. It's difficult to find people who want to see you succeed. When you find that, then you can reflect on that safe place that you were and you're journaling or you're writing in a, in a document, or even on the back of a cocktail napkin, what is it that you're passionate about? So you can share that with those special friends that help you get that back. And as a sales motivator, as a sales manager, I, I, I talk to a lot of sales people who are stuck in a, in a rut. And I try to help them get out of that one by trying to find the last win that they had, series of phone calls, booked an appointment, close the deal, reflect on that, try to get that passion and that vision back for that, and then parlay that, continue that into your next call. Fantastic. So
0: so moving on from that, I mean, the, the next one is my passion, the, the the next of your top five tips, because it actually goes right back to my own branding, which I'll talk about once you've spoken about that tip. So hit us up with tip number two for your top five tips for slaying giants in your business and your personal
2: life. Top tips, tip number two is excellence. There's gotta be a level of excellence in what we do. You know, there's, there's an old saying that says, do your job so well that the living and the dead and the not yet born could do it no better. Dr. Martin Luther King here from the Americas wrote that down, and it talks about, look, you can have passion, and I talk to a lot of passionate people, but unbridled passion is useless. It has to be bridled. It has to be governed, if you will, with this excellence factor to be able to do the right thing next and the next thing right so that the excellence and the passion sharpen each other and hold each other accountable.
0: Yeah so one of the I mean my branding is the excellence guy so so that's why I said it's a it is a true passion of mine but one of the uh, definitions I have been using that excellence is just showing up as the best version of yourself every day and as simple as that sounds you know if you have the passion do you you know how how do you align with with showing up as the best version
2: you know that's a great question i would say yes, I agree with showing up with the best version. It's the self-awareness of, is this the best version I could possibly create? I do a lot of work with the behavioral styles and I'm partial to the DISC profile. And so I can absolutely share with people, look, the DISC profile and behavioral styles allows you the self-awareness to know maybe I'm that high eye person, and I'm just extroverted, and I don't matter with details, and I just want to find another friend. And yet, being the best version of myself, I'm connecting with someone who is highly analytical, maybe somebody who is very procedural, and I need to adapt and flex into the best version I can be to connect with people who are not my style.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that that's a real uh, talent, I guess, that the longer we spend in the workforce, the easier that becomes. And I, I think um, the more experience you have gives you that ability to flex uh, and you know connect with others who aren't like you, which is a real key in business, isn't it?
2: I agree with you. And in a sales culture, it's our ability to have the passion for our product or our company and the excellence of knowing that the craft that we have is just as valuable as an attorney or a pilot or a CPA, we have to go to school. We have to get better because we're connecting with human beings and artificial intelligence, as slick as it may become, won't sustain that conversation that the three of us are having right now that allows us to riff off of each other's ideas. But you've gotta be committed to connecting with other people, which means the platinum rule is in charge treat other people the way they want to be treated. And so I have to take the time to understand that. And to your point, yes, the longer I'm in the workforce, the easier it becomes if I choose it to be that way. The longer I'm in the workforce, I can continue to be a jerk and just isolate myself with only the people that I can relate to. And if there are only four behavioral styles, and I isolate with one of the four, then I am connecting with 25%. And not connecting with 75 other percent of the people I can connect with. And in a sales culture, it's all about the connection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hardly
2: agree. Please lead us on to tip number three. You know, the first tip is passion. Second is excellence. Third is vision. You know, there's a, there's a proverb that says, without vision, the people perish. We've got to cast a vision for what we're trying to accomplish. And so while I tease people by saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? There's a lot of truth to that. Where do you see? And again, where do you see fill in the blank? If it's a sales culture, where do you see your customer, your client, or your member using your product or service? Where do you see them accomplishing the things they want to accomplish simply for lining up or aligning with what you have in your value proposition? It's that vision for moving and compelling us forward. Now, we are all in different generations, from the greatest generation to Gen X, Gen Y, millennials, and we all can just kind of cut and slice in decades of 10. So where do you want to see yourself in 10 years from now? I say that to a 25-year-old, 35, that's a lot of baggage that they have to unpack. If I say to a 45 to a 55, I just want to accumulate that comfort and that security to move on. If I say to the 65-year-old, they want to figure out if retirement is in their future and how comfortable they can be. So it's that vision that we cast to help connect with the other people.
1: Yeah, I think uh, having a vision makes all the difference. So how big a vision do we really need, though? Is it, you know, is it something for a year, a, a half a year, a month, next week? What, what, what do you think? Well,
2: you know, I, I I steal all my best quotes from dead people, and um, Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn was a great business philosopher. And he says that when the why gets stronger, the how gets easier. So to your to your point, your vision has to be as strong as your why, because when your why gets stronger, your how gets easier. If if I'm talking to a single parent who's never gone to college and they want to get a four year degree so they can do better for their family and contribute more financially. Then how you're going to do it will just baffle us because they'll find a way to do that. So your vision is huge. Some of you might have a vision that says, if I can just get out of bed tomorrow, that'll be a good day. I don't know what's causing you to stay in bed, but we've got to figure that out. And I think there are some six month visions and some two year visions and some 10 year visions as it relates to where you're at mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And they all can be a, they all can be defined using passion and excellence to help you clarify that vision. Fantastic. And so, so
0: I mean, let's move on to tip number four for slaying giants in your
2: business and personal lives. Tip number four is value. So we talk about in sales, your value add or your value proposition. And, and I boil that down into what's the issue? What are the actions you're going to take? And what will be the impact of the actions on the issues? So it's an issue-action-impact kind of um, formula, if you will. This value proposition is where are you adding value? Are you adding value because you are a student of the game? Are you adding value because you're very self-aware that you're trying to connect with people from a behavioral style and you can get better at it? All of this value comes in different areas. Are you the best friend you can be, spouse you can be. Are you the best encourager, employer, employee? And we just constantly are adding value almost to a point of where we're paying it forward. And that would be one external way of adding that value. Maybe it's mentoring somebody, maybe it's volunteering. It's just it's just something that's outside of the norm that allows you to stand apart, to be different. If you're not remembered you'll be dismembered as it relates to the sales culture.
1: Ooh, I like that one. Say that again. If you're
2: not remembered. If you're not remembered, you'll be dismembered. Everybody's racing to the bottom of price and availability. What are you going to do that's going to stand out with your value proposition? Did you... Did you take the time to Google the company? Did you take the time to go to LinkedIn to find out their profile? Did you take the time to create three thought-provoking questions that when you walked in, you had the ability to ask those questions in humility? Humility being that you're thinking less of yourself and you're thinking of yourself less, thinking more of them.
0: So let me ask you: in your in your bio, you talk about professional services, or there's there's comments here about, you know, selling for professional services. Um, how, how has anything changed, particularly the last few years? But you know, a lot of people I meet in the professional services game, a don't see themselves in sales, but b and they they hide their I, I'm not in sales behind um an imposter syndrome like like oh yeah i'm that's not what i do how do you how do you get to being so confident in the value and i that you're offering um that that doesn't apply anymore
2: well you know i think there's a value that we have i think a lot of people want to slot us into price and availability we want to commoditize all of our professional services so i can do a Google search and find it on the internet 50% cheaper. And the hardest thing for that sales professional or that entrepreneurial company to, to differentiate their services outside of their products is our ability to articulate that value proposition of identifying the issue, mapping the actions we'll take against that issue, but more importantly, what is the impact? It goes back to that, so what and who cares? And if you can't articulate, then you can be that imposter syndrome. If you can step back and go, look, I've got the passion for what I do. I know I'm very good at what I do because I have an excellence factor. I have a vision for where I can take my client with my professional services. And here are the three ways that I add value. Just articulating those four of the five stones should get you about five more minutes left at the table with that client to ask them some discovery questions to keep you in the hunt.
1: Okay, well, let's round it off now. Tip number five, bring us home uh, for the top five tips for slaying giants
2: in your business and personal lives. Absolutely. Tip number five, it actually piles on. Tip number one is passion, then came excellence, then came vision, then came value. The fifth stone is confidence. If you don't have those first four stones, it's hard to walk into a situation with confidence. I'm not talking arrogance. I'm, I'm, I'm talking confidence. And then that confidence that allows you to get through the objection, a sales objection, an economic rejection, uh, a political mystery, or an unknown in the future. You've got to be drawing on your confidence of, I am passionate. I am excellent. I do have a vision. I do articulate value. And you put all that together. And then it goes back to an old quote from uh, Sir Winston Churchill, and I'll summarize it as fast as I possibly can. He was the keynote speaker at an address of graduating uh, college kids. The kids were assembled. He was on the lectern. Everybody was excited. Oh, my gosh, Sir Winston Churchill, Nobel Peace Prize, you know, commander, defeater of the Nazis. What in the world can he say? He gets up to the lectern, grips it with both hands, stares at all the students and says, never give up. And the students were on the edge of their seat wondering, where else is he going to take this? And he said, never, ever, ever give up. And he sat back down. (laughs) And just the eruption of the class, understanding who he was, what he never gave up on. That's what I want to leave the listeners. Guys and gals, never give up. If you've got the right people around you, wanting you to win, if you're perfecting your craft, if you're self-aware, if you know that you've got a vision for where you're going, all of these stones together will help you slay each and every one of those giants that you face in your business and your personal lives.
0: Fantastic, Kurt. That's a that's a great way to to bring it around. So tell so for our listeners who would like to get hold of you for your consulting services to buy copies of your book. Uh, to run, to do some of your courses, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you?
2: A few different ways that your listeners can get in touch with me. My website is peaksalesstrategy.com. It's all one big word, peaksalesstrategy.com. My email address is there. It's my first initial C and then my last name, which is T-U-E-F-F-E-R-T at gmail.com. And I do live on LinkedIn, and people can friend me there. Um, there's a lot of fun things that, that is happening thanks to uh, post-COVID. Yes, I'm doing keynotes. Yes, I'm doing face-to-face training. I'm also doing some virtual training, which call called Peak Sales Coaching. And that allows us to do some baseline assessment work using the disk profile and then do some Zoom calls that allow small to medium businesses who are across the pond, across the globe, across the street, who can't afford face-to-face, to start looking at sales training from a different perspective that allows their sellers to get better at their craft. Brilliant.
1: So, uh, Pal, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, so I'm going to sign off now um, on behalf of Raoul Bricker, my co-host in Perth, Western Australia. This is Lindsay Adams in Brisbane, Australia, signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcasts.